0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome everybody to the Armour Report. It's a Wednesday, thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. Armour, as you guys might know already, but I'll repeat for those of you who are new, stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. This is a show about quantum investing. It's a combination of quantitative analysis, that's computer learning, that's AI, that helps us with execution, we combine it with fundamental foundation, and that's how we create our information edge. And it's what I share with you every day on this show. Now, I use this information to manage my own capital, and I manage assets for individuals through my relationship with interactive brokers. Um, This is a live trading desk. Phones might ring, I'm surrounded by computers and whiteboards and I'm working. This is a live look in to how I run money. Now, today, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna share with you one of the best plays in my playbook. I'm gonna open up the playbook and I'm gonna share with you how I buy stocks right. It's the biggest question an investor has to ask themselves, whether you're a long-term investor or a short-term investor or a day trading. But this particular strategy is really a strategy to set up a long-term position. If this works, I expect to hold these stocks for a long period of time. So I'm going to reveal for you one of the number one ways I make money. And it really revolves around the theory, and you probably heard this said, that you make money when you buy a stock, not when you sell it. Okay, So I'm going to do a case study for you on two stocks that I bought last week, Schlumberger SLB and Invesco IVZ. And I'm going to show you why I was doing that from a quantitative standpoint and how the fundamentals dovetailed to give us the right buy point. Now, what does the right buy point mean? It doesn't mean we make money every time, guys anybody who tells you different is lying. All we can do as investors is put ourselves on the right side of probabilities and statistics and only commit capital when the reward is big enough for the risk we're taking. Those are the two issues I think about before I ever put money to work. Now, conversation so important between me and you I just hung up that phone and didn't even answer it okay so I really want to get to this issue and I want to share it with you because I hear a lot of people talk about buying right and all this stuff and these two stocks are such an obvious case study on how we do it this is just one of our plays in our playbook so um let me just take you right through it. I mean, usually I spend a lot of time at the beginning of these uh, repartees with a discussion about the overall market, and so I'll make that real quick because that drives all of our investment decision and all of our risk-taking, and it's even true when it comes to buying right these two stocks last week. So what I've been saying on this show is that our algorithms on the top seven indexes we use to drive our risk decisions have been um, um, muddled at best, right? So I'm not willing to take a lot of risk because we're not getting confluence anywhere. Certain parts of the market are imploding while other parts are on the rise. And so we're getting more of this, what I call really a Donald Trump market. You know, this, this last 12 months, really the last 22 months, the market's gone nowhere and had massive volatility based on tweets. And so it's very difficult to get confluence in an environment like that. Sometimes we do. Remember, we got it in June. On June 4th, we were like, let's just hit it as hard as we can. And we were up over 10% in two months. But we don't have that now. So what we're doing is we go to our whiteboard. When we've got half of our indicators on our, our, um our indexes telling us, okay, put money to work. And the other half saying, get out of Dodge. We go to our whiteboard. We high grade the portfolio. We find our favorite names. And in this market, My favorite – now, this is not all the time, but in this market, my favorite names are big dividend payers, okay? So now you're going to start to see how this play works out in the playbook, okay? The first thing we do is we have, at the very least, a market environment where we can buy some stocks as long as we're not too aggressive, and that's what we have right now. So we go to the whiteboard. At the top of the whiteboard in the world we're living in today, the top of the whiteboard are dividend-paying stocks, high-dividend-paying stocks, blue-chip names. Why is that? Very simple reason. About 30%. Now listen to this. Write this down. Put it on the wall above your trading desk. 30% of the world's debt is carrying a negative interest rate. Why is that important? There's many different reasons that's important. I'm going to give you the one that matters for an investor like you and me. And this will explain why dividend payers are at the top of my whiteboard right now. Other markets? I might have high-growth stocks that don't pay any dividend at the top of the whiteboard. But right now, in a world where there's 30-plus percent of all debt with a negative interest rate, it, it forces me to focus on big dividend payers, and here's why. A massive amount of money is managed for pension accounts. Think CalPERS in California, billions of dollars. All of those dollars, billions of dollars in the U.S. in pension accounts. Over the next 5 to 10 to 20 years, as baby boomers retire, are forced to pay out more and more assets from the pension accounts. Now, typically, the way pension accounts are managed, they're They know what they're going to have to pay out over time, so they find fixed income, and up until recently, they've been able to find government debt. So the most secure way, government debt with a yield, they match that with what they're going to have to pay out in redemptions as people retire, okay? And they say, okay, this amount has to go into government bonds, risk-free rate of return. That pool is collapsing and now is going negative, and so it's become harder and harder for pension money around the world, but particularly in this country, to find that risk-free rate of return. What do they do? If they don't create return, they can see out into the future. They're not going to be able to pay out what they're supposed to pay out. There's going to be a pension liability, so this forces these funds into corporate debt and corporate equity with a high dividend payout. So there's your fundamental picture of why high dividend payers need to be at the top of the whiteboard right now. Okay, so that's step one. Maybe that's step two. Step one, the market's conducive to put some money to work based on our algorithm saying, okay, let's put a little to work. Step two, Where do we go? The top of the whiteboard is dividend payers. Step three, how do we buy them? There's a lot of dividend payers. Some of them are in the stratosphere. I don't pay up for stocks of this nature or any nature. I don't buy breakouts to new highs. That's just not how I run money. That works in some in-market environments after a big sell-off in the market, but we're not there right now. We're kind of meandering higher with huge volatility swings. So what I always tell you guys is I like to buy weakness. So get out a pen and a piece of paper. I'll give you a minute. You can write this down. These are the steps. Step one, the market is conducive to putting money to work. Step two, top of the whiteboard are dividend payers. Step three, we're looking for big dividend payers And right now in this market, I'm looking for dividend payers that are paying more than 5%. Okay. Now, let me just give you a subset of that step. We're looking for dividend payers paying more than 5%. But we're looking for real blue-chip businesses that have run into some type of distress. So what does this mean? Okay, I got to call you back, okay? Everything okay? Okay, I got to call you back. I always pick up my wife. (laughs) Okay. I'm not willing necessarily right now, and I'm not – look, let me remind everybody. I'm not telling you what stocks to buy because I don't know you. I'm just showing you my playbook of how I buy stocks. So there are some high-yielding stocks out there that are in um, businesses like mortgage-backed securities and stuff like that. I don't have an interest in those names. What I'm focusing on, what's on my whiteboard, are high dividend payers of the blue-chip variety that have run into some sort of headwind that's knocked the stocks down aggressively. So let's get to these examples. I'm talking about Schlumberger. You guys have heard me talk about this in a while. The world's largest oil service company. Price of oil's collapsed, the stock has collapsed with all the other energy stocks. But is it really going out of business? The stock's acting like it's going out of business. It's not going out of business. The cash flow can cover the dividend. And the price of the commodity fluctuates dramatically all the time. So what we look for is massive weakness in a blue-chip name that dominates their space. These guys do, right? Dividend of 6%. Let's take a look. There's the Armour report entry point. This is an Armour buy signal on the 11th of this month at $32.48 off of a double bottom. Okay, so we have a blue chip name. We have a risk on entry point using our algorithm. So there's a quantitative entry point. What are the fundamentals? Company announced earnings. Well, actually, step one of the fundamentals are the stock has been destroyed, and yet it's a dominant player in its space. And it's going through a restructure to reduce its costs to deal with this market environment. They've done it before. There's nothing strange about what's happening to their business model, okay? Price of energy drops dramatically. They have to go through the process of cutting costs, tightening up. They have a new CEO. He's doing all the right things. We get a risk on entry point on a double bottom. Look at it again. Clear double bottom. Why do I love that double bottom? Because it gives me a very clear stop loss. Look, I don't know if the stock is going to go up. I didn't know that the stock would go up after earnings. But what I do know when the stock is down that much is all the bad news is in the stock. So any small piece of good news on earnings is going to pop the stock higher. It's going to get shorts to cover. This is just the process, guys. This is a play right out of my playbook. A double bottom in front of earnings, a risk on buy signal using a quantitative model that tells us the probabilities are in our favor. That the stock is going up and the reward is certainly worth the risk. We're going to lock in a better than six percent yield when we were buying the stock. Then they announce earnings, and I absolutely love what they say. They have a twelve billion dollar write-off. Perfect. Here's a little side note for you. Write it down, stick it on your your your, your whiteboard, and remember this: when big cap companies that have been struggling announce earnings and have a huge write off that usually sets the bottom in the stock usually nothing's 100% but it usually sets the bottom the reason being what they're doing is throwing out everything including the kitchen sink and reducing everybody's expectations so that going forward they're able to beat expectations and they start beating expectations quarter after quarter and the stock rises with that this is just a this is just a playbook that's worked for My whole 30 years of professionally doing this and probably a lot longer than that, right? Institutions put money to work in companies as they see uh, um, earnings and revenue beat expectations. So the way to clear out expectations is have a massive write-off, throw the kitchen sink out, and by the way, surprise anyway on the upside. They had some numbers that were better than people thought even on that quarter. They lower everyone's expectations. They talk about how difficult the environment is, and they're they're cutting costs, but that's the entry point. You buy these things when they're down big. People say there's too much debt in the balance sheet. Well, guess what? They're retiring debt. They're doing all the right things here. Look, it could still break below that double bottom, and I'm out. That's my stop. Right? I'm not going to tell you the exact price of my stop, but – That's basically the area where I'll stop. If it's wrong, it's wrong. But if it's right, and you get fundamental actions like massive write-offs to clear the decks for positive earnings growth going forward, we could be in this stock for a decade collecting our yield that we've locked in at better than 6%. That's how you buy stocks right. Let's look at Invesco. Join me. Okay, same situation in Invesco. There's the entry point. There's the double bottom. You can see it's almost exactly the same as A. It's even better than A, because you can see the bottom back here last year, and now it's really a two double bottoms, a big one and then a small one back-to-back. Back. Armor report buy signal, boom, right in there, $15.84. Now, listen, I'm working for you guys on building a website. It's going to be the armorreport.com. It should be up and running in a couple of weeks. You'll be able to access the whiteboard and the names that are on it, and you'll be able to access what stocks are in the portfolios. I'm going to tell you when I'm buying stocks for our portfolios and when I'm selling stocks. You're going to get weekly updates. You'll get daily emails telling you when we're buying or selling a stock in those portfolios. So today I'm just sharing with you two examples that we did last week. But in the future, you'll be able to log in and see what we're doing. But this is right out of my playbook, and you guys can do this on your own. If you search and you find a list of names, big blue chips, dividends over 5% that have run into trouble, but are the companies okay? Are they going out of business? Okay, example. I have no interest in buying Macy's. This is just me. Macy's has a big fat dividend, but I don't believe in the department store model. So I'm not buying Macy's, but I believe in Schlumberger. I understand that business. They're the dominant player in the global energy markets, which aren't going out of business, no matter how much people tell you that there's global warming and everyone's gonna start using electric cars. That's decades from now. Right now, there's an opportunity in energy stocks. So, again, I won't necessarily buy a dying business. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for companies that have run into a problem that is short-term in nature but have a strong balance sheet, strong cash flow, can support the dividend, and are making changes to address their problems. That's the play out of my playbook. Are you getting this? Are you guys writing this down? Because this is going to work for you. I'm, I'm teaching you how to fish today. Let's take a look at Invesco. Right There's the entry point. Let's take a weekly look. That's the weekly chart of Invesco. All the way down. This is, what is that? I can't even see it. It's like 2011, I think. That low all the way to the left is 2011. This stock is completely unwound. All of that action. And put in a double bottom at that support price. Now, what's the fundamental story? Oops. Fundamental story. People are afraid that Invesco is, is, is going through a, a sustained period of a reduction in their assets under management. And the reason is they call that AUM. And the reason for that is that there's a shift of investors going to passive investing, which is buying ETFs and things like that, as opposed to active fund managers like mutual funds. And as that happens, money's moving away from Invesco. Now, that's precisely the news I want to hear on a big blue chip company that's not going out of business, okay? There's no fundamental shift that's dramatic that they can't tackle. And so what's the management doing? They went out and bought Oppenheimer funds. Okay, so they're, they're making acquisitions and they're fixing their business a little bit. But the business is not dying anyway. It's just a typical you know, cattle call in one direction right now, the passive investing. And the pendulum will swing back and these, this company will still be in business. But what I like to find is I like to find companies I like to find management teams that are addressing the issues that Wall Street thinks are issues. But I like when the stocks have been absolutely destroyed, right? And so now the probabilities that the stock goes up on any good news is high. And the probability they're going in business, out of business is pretty low. Right? Now, I'm not buying Macy's because it might go out of business. I don't know. I don't I don't like department stores. But I understand this business, right? QQQ, that's an Invesco product, right? It's not hard to understand their business. And they're bringing in AUM. They're bringing in assets under management. So what we have is a quantitative buy signal off of a double bottom. And then they announced earnings last night. What a surprise! Better than expected earnings, better than expected revenue, increase in assets under management. So, you see, the probabilities that we were going to get those announcements today were at their highest, and the reward was worth the risk because the yield here is better than seven percent. 7.8 percent we locked in on the stock, and the stock is up. Almost six percent now, almost six percent I got a seven point eight percent yield in my portfolio. The stock's up six percent almost on earnings order filled. their assets under management their their assets under management are now growing. There's a synergy they say with their acquisition of Oppenheimer, but you see. I didn't know all that was going to come out today. But what I do know is that they've cleared the decks. They've lowered everybody's expectation on the last couple of conference calls, the stocks all the way down at the lows it was trading at in 2011. So you think maybe it's a little overdone? You see what I'm saying? So the probabilities were at their highest. And the reward's worth the risk. Because if this stock comes off the lows now, Look, it's up 6% now. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, it might give it all away and I have to cut my loss. All right. I'm going to have to give it all away and cut my loss. I don't know. That's not the point. The point is, and the playbook that I'm sharing with you, is that you can do this work yourself. I'm giving you the direction of what should be on the whiteboard, right? There's over $15 trillion in negative interest rates. Pension plans are forced to put money in stocks and corporate bonds that are paying yields to, to match what they're going to have to pay out going forward. That's what's driving money into these stocks. That's why I keep telling you guys to be buying dividend stocks. Okay? And then what you do is you find blue chip names with yields better than 5% that's run into trouble. Okay? Most the simplest example from a year ago I was telling you guys about it was AT&T. Stock had a 6.5% yield, and everyone told me I was crazy when I was buying the stock. They have too much debt, right? Oh, my God. Uh, um, the direct TVs and albatross around their neck. Well, that's not the case, okay? That wasn't the case. That was the exact time to buy the stock because all the expectations were out of it. And in a world of negative interest rates, they're able to refinance all that debt at lower prices, which is a injection of growth into their earnings. And that's what's happening in Schlumberger. They're paying down debt, retiring debt. So this is how you put together a portfolio in this environment. But in any environment… Go to your whiteboard. You find stocks that have been destroyed like this. This is just one play in our playbook that I shared with you today. I, help, I hope you found, you found this helpful. If you did, help me out. Give me a thumbs up. It helps me out. Okay. But listen, together we can build wealth like this. Together what we can do is build a portfolio where we're buying right. And this is one of the number one plays in my play. It might be the number one play. Blue chip stock, runs into trouble, makes a major acquisition. And I've got a number of these names on my whiteboard. And I'm trying as fast as I can to get this website up for you guys. In a couple of weeks, I'll have it up. You'll be able to access the whiteboard, and you'll see the names that are there. There's other names like Invesco and Schlumberger that are on the list. And we're looking to buy them. We're looking to find our way in. So I hope this has been helpful today. Thanks for being here. Friday, 1130, we'll do a weekend review. And of course, we'll talk about our favorite topic, the cannabis stocks. But today, I just wanted to share that one play with you. And I, hope, I hope you found it helpful. Take care, guys.